Game Pass or something? No. That's, is I that just on, on PC? Steam. Okay, yeah. From 2000. <laughs> oh, no, that's... No, I didn't come out then. I think I had the disc, and then I bought it on Steam years later. Okay. Because I loved it. I played it when it came out in 2004, mm. when I was four years old, because I'm only 19. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that how old that you'd actually... Oh, my God. What? No, if I was born in 2000, oh. I'd be 19. <laughs> and that's it came crazy out to, That's still crazy to think to me. Yeah, that's wild. Did you ever play... They had a spin-off that was like a third-person action game, and it was on PS2, Xbox, and GameCube, and it was Spartan Total War, but it was like... I feel like it came out almost around the time as 300, but it was literally like a third-person... But you commanded soldiers, but you fought, like hack-and-slash style. Yeah, why does that sound familiar? It was actually pretty good! I Hold liked on, I gotta it. look it I up, because that fun. sounds so familiar. I'm pretty yeah. sure I did play that. It was kind of nuts. You're about to strike some horrible nostalgia. <laughs> like, nobody, like, everybody forgot about that game. It was published by Sega, too. Total it, Warrior? Yeah, Total Warrior. That's it. Yes, I remember yeah. this game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got a 9.10 on IGN. Yeah, like, it, it's, it was real fun. It was very late in those consoles' run, I believe. Yeah. It was kind of like Battalion Wars Z almost. Did you ever play that, Austin? Mm hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking wild. Yeah. That's awesome. It's what a trip down memory lane. I know. <laughs> and I don't think that game was, like, available anywhere. Because, I mean, I think it was only on those it is platforms. For, uh, was it on PC? It is for $179 on original Xbox. Oh, my God. Why? I have a copy of that somewhere. I should <laughs> try and dig it out. <laughs> Microsoft Xbox 2005 Spartan Turtle Warrior on eBay, $179. Jesus Christ. Is it Brand so new, $40. <laughs> is it signed by I don't know. Uh, Why Zeus is himself? Like this? <laughs> like that was their like, attempt to, to get you know console players into the, the Total War space, I guess. That's funny. That's pretty good. And an RTS would never work on console back then. They barely work now. <laughs> Tell that to Command and Conquer 64. Oh, yeah, <laughs> And yeah, StarCraft yeah. 64. Oh, I always forget they were on console. <laughs> you could play split-screen StarCraft on 64 and face each other, but it was on, you could see everything. Like it, it ended up being like a whole different kind of game because you could see what the other person was doing. Yeah. <laughs> I think I pretty much like only played Smash, GoldenEye, Mystic Ninja, I mean, you had and Pokemon. <laughs> like, that's it. And Mario, I guess. Like, I only played, like, five games on the 64. Not Ocarina of Time? Oh, yeah, I guess that is on 64. I just forgot that StarCraft Star was on there. Yeah, a lot of people did. Never played Star Fox. In I retrospect, think, I, I think have, it came but... with all the Brood War shit, too. I, just, I played that on PC. I was like, forget. yeah, well, everybody like, did. Yeah. But I think I played it on both because I just thought it was a not. It was crazy because Command and Conquer had a sixty-four I, version. I too. don't think I've ever played a Command and Conquer no? game. Yeah, you ever played Red Alert? Didn't they make a no. sequel to Spartan Total Warrior or did like they? a spiritual successor? Ooh, I don't know. It's called Viking. What was that? Was also Creative Assembly? Is it just called Viking? Creative Viking? Assembly made <laughs> Total Warrior. Well, yeah, 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 obviously. Viking yeah. Battle for Asgard. I think it was called. Like from Thor. Yeah, but they also like made a billion, you know, because Empire Turtle War was like 1700s, the mm -hmm. medieval war, Shogun, Shogun Turtle War, Gundam. And all, they got sequels. Shogun has a sequel. Uh, Rome has yeah. a sequel. 
Um, do you think they'll ever how, – how modern the, do you a, think they'll go? There's a new medieval one. There's a Warhammer one. Yeah, yeah there's, there's a, a Warhammer, Warhammer one. one. That's based off like the fantasy And they Warhammer. didn't call it Total Warhammer. That would have been so much better. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because they, they made it, it – that's off like the fantasy Warhammer shit because the, the sci-fi warhammer was already made by THQ. That's what Dawn of War oh, is. Okay. Dawn of War is the THQ title. That's Relic. Relic. That's Relic. Yeah. Huh. And they also made – I always get them confused because Ensemble, who made Age of Empires, also, yeah, made, very... also made Halo Wars. Yeah. yeah. Then Ensemble got shut down, and then Creative Assembly made Halo Wars 2. Which is not as good. Which one of yeah. them made Alien Isolation? Creative Assembly. Okay. Assembly. The, the Total War people. Game. Which is yeah. a lot of people's best fucking game of this generation. I was just like talking <laughs> really? to my friend, and he's like, he's like, I can't find wow. like a better game for me for this entire concept. Wow, that was that a that very game. divisive game for a while. I yeah. liked it a lot, but it was funny because some outlets gave it like poor reviews, and others called it the he, game of the in, year. In it was his, very weird. In his thing, he yells about him and a bunch of people were talking about how IGN's um, review of that game was like. The guy had that. barely played the game. Oh, and really? Like his, his, I remember the score honestly, being low. Even me, if you re- read that review, and I've never even beat it's Alien Isolation, review. it's just not a good review. I wonder who wrote it. It looks like a somebody who had... It, I don't know. It just seems very unprofessional. Maybe it was contracted out. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. You have to look that up. Yeah, I know Like it, it would, PC Gamer and stuff was a lot more positive on it. I don't know about GameSpot and stuff like that, but I do remember the IGN review being strangely yeah. low. Um. Also, <clears throat> fucking... Uh, Cossacks. That's a random like game that's like that. Like it reminds me of Age of, em- of Age of Empires. It's so good. Yeah. Me and my friends, I, I have like eighty hours on this dumb fucking game. We would never play like single player. We always verse each other. We would just get like a room full of us together and play it and just like oh, it's so dumb. That's funny. It's like a it's it looks horrible. It's like StarCraft One maybe earlier graphics really but yeah but it plays like Age of Empires like build shit on the ground and farms and like you know swarm tactics and shit <laughs> and we're back with part two of our uh, story of the the origin of of this so- I guess Sony's venture into the console space is yes. that how we want to we want to frame the origin it? of the PlayStation brand yes because at this point where we last left off the Nintendo Play Space Station was out and the Sony Space No No Space Station was in. <laughs> we can stop that. I'm sorry. We, but... <laughs> we get to. We get to get there. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, this is Hot Button. I'm Randall Beatrice, and I'm here with our host today, Austin Blakesley. Yeah, yeah. And Chris Anatuano. Hey. He's currently digging through his backpack. Getting the hoodie. It's fucking cold. Is it? It's I not forgot cold to it. mention it again. I am cold, <laughs> okay. first of all. All right. Sorry. Uh, it's subjective. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Everyone is This will be our third episode now, but we forgot to say, like, we're in our new space. Yeah. New I, I think studio? I, I briefly mentioned yeah, it. Yeah, you I mentioned would call it, it a last studio. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Battlefront episode was our first here. That was. And now this. Kind of awesome. It is awesome. Feel cozy. I just want to give a shout out. Yeah. Shout out to the space. <laughs> and if you shout, it won't echo that much. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good because I shout a lot. What are we calling it? Are we going by my name that I proposed? The Austin Blakesley Memorial Ligma Lounge. <laughs> sure. I want a plaque. We do need some uh, some framed posters in here. Yeah. Can we get one of just us sitting around a table? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yes, absolutely. Only, only, if that, only if it has a poster in the background of us oh, sitting yeah. at a table. <laughs> yeah, how deep do we want to do that? Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Austin. What's uh, Ken Kutaragi up to? New Yamauchi. The, the father of PlayStation. Yes. All right, the PlayStation so, dad. Yeah, so where we last left off, Nintendo stabbed Sony in the back, and, and Ken Twisted Kuta- the knife. Ken Kutaragi used that to finally get what he wanted, which was Sony entering the console's the video game industry for itself, making its own console. Yeah. So much so that he developed his own prototype console that was using all Sony hardware. Yes. I'm glad that and, you said that. I almost said the origin of Sony in the beginning. <laughs> and here's where... <laughs> They've been around. Here's where we're okay. going to draw a big distinction between this episode and the Xbox episode, because, like, Sony being an electronics company and this being back then, one generation before the Xbox, where, mm-hmm. like... You didn't need like to go to NVIDIA to get a graphics chip, although I think they did. Oh, I was gonna say this is back when it was punk rock. <laughs> but, yeah, they they used a Sony processor and they obviously used the Sony's sound chips and Sony video chips and like it was mostly internally made. That makes sense. But uh, the weird thing is, they weren't a team yet. We'll get there, and the, these companies that they're going to form still exist today. But Ken Kutaragi and his team were sent to the Sony Music Division to work on the project. Hmm. So then they, they became part of Sony Music. Uh, mostly because yeah, that, that makes sense. That's why PlayStation discs play the music when you put them in. Yes. <laughs> Sony Music was CD responsible player. for making CDs. They were responsible for, like, they understood all the CD technology. So it would make sense that if you're going to make a product that plays CDs, you would go to the CD place. Yeah to do that checks out and it's also weird because the a lot of the decisions <clears throat> that were made in the xbox one were like by committee but there wasn't a lot of committee decisions in the playstation they kind of just let ken kutaragi decide <laughs> since he had already made the prototype and he stuff proved like himself that. Yeah. yeah the only decision by committee that i could come up with was actually that originally even though he sold the PlayStation on his demos of 3D technology and what it could do with 3D, there was originally a debate over whether they wanted to launch the system with 2D games or with 3D games. That's crazy to think about. Yeah. yeah. And well, Sega kind of went through a similar. Yeah. I imagine because there was no. Th- this is like the age of technology kind of leapfrogging and stair stepping itself. Yeah. There was never any thought that. Once 3D was predominant, that we'd go back to 2D games. <laughs> yeah, little did know? they know the goddamn the indie market tin- today would be all 2D games again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. like, no, well, but I know what you mean. There was no baseline thing to read off of. There's no blueprint. No, to, they were like, oh, yeah. do we do 2D or 3D? Nobody was like both because they're like, no, 3D is probably going to be the way of the future. Yeah. You know, so why even bother? Which, we'll or get, vice versa. We'll get to that in a little bit. But the interesting thing is that, like, you also have to consider that, like, they're developing this thing while the any the SNES and the Genesis are still battling it out, yeah. and like, and that's where what everybody's playing. It was all two D. Yeah. So it's like they're they're, I, they're essentially making the decision. They'd be like, do we want to like launch with two D and see what everybody else does, and then do three D, or just jump in? People have like, to remember this is pre Mario sixty four yeah. being on the market. Because if you yeah. jump right in with three D, and then it looks bad, and everybody else is like, oh wait, we're gonna back off and do two D for a while before the while technology catches up, yeah. then you look like an idiot, and then you know your games don't hold the test of time although we as we now know sony's games ended up holding up to time a little bit better yeah for the most part for the most part though they were going for much of those games were going for a more realistic 
look than the cartoony look of Nintendo games. Yes. So like, and there's a reason for that. It when really. We get, when we get to the okay. tech of the console, I will tell you why that is. But yes, Nintendo 64 games were like more open and cartoony and were more about mechanics and yeah. PlayStation games were more a little more enclosed and a little more realistic and yeah. a little more about narrative and there's yeah. a couple reasons technologically why they that, pushed the cinematic thing more the, Nintendo and Sony made certain decisions in making their consoles that actually led to that happening and there's I'm going to make the argument I it is should, a game by game basis preface but, this yeah. by saying that mm-hmm. I was a Nintendo 64 kid me too but I do think that Sony made a lot of very smart decisions, yeah. and like the PlayStation didn't also just capture the uh, attention of a lot of audiences be- just because. Like there was a lot of good reasoning as I to think, why. I think by and large, PlayStation games have held up better than N64 games, but there are specific examples of N64 games that have held up better than any PlayStation ones, game. Ones that were made in conjunction with Nintendo. Yes. yes. Yeah. That to specify. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's important to specify. Because Mystic like, Ninja. Basically, anything <laughs> made... second time I probably... love that what game. What the hell is Mystic Ninja? Do you I don't... know it. Yeah. Mystical Ninja Goemon? Yeah. Isn't that... Oh, you is that the one where that. you can like lay down and crawl on the floor? Yeah, yeah. I don't know oh, why. No, one of the characters can do that. Okay, yeah. there's like a crazy mech battle. Oh, that's the also, thing I remember. Like, yeah. <laughs> that game's funny. Yeah, that's, wow. the game only, is funny. that's the only example the three of us can come up with for games on the N64 <laughs> that held up. Not Perfect that Dark, was my pitch. or yeah. GoldenEye, yeah. or, or, or Mario Ocarina of Time, yeah. or Mario. Party or Mario Kart Pokemon or Stadium? Legend of Zelda, Smash. Majora's Mask or Smash Brothers. F Zero. That was N64 game that ran at 60 frames. One of the only. Yes. <laughs> Which was another advantage that PlayStation actually ended up having. It's. Yeah. <laughs> which is why PlayStation had a lot more racing games. That makes sense. Because Mario 64, or Mario Kart 64, do not run at 60 frames. No. And those were like sprites. <laughs> yes, they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. We gave it away when you get struck by lightning and you spun around and it was a 2D <laughs> image spinning. Yeah. Um, there's a reason for there why is, there were yeah. sprites in that game. Um, but yeah, to go back to it, so Sony had seen this impressive 3D demo that Kudaragi showed them, but they still weren't decided if they wanted to just put that technology out into the world yet. Yeah. Or if they wanted to start 2D. The world isn't ready. 3D. And I think you know where this is going, because if you think back to any of the PlayStation games you played, for the most part, except for maybe like Mega Man Mega Man and Castlevania. GTA. (laughs) Oh, GTA. Yeah. Like, most of them were 3D. Yes. Um, There was a lot more of a push for uh, that. But it actually was with help from Sega. Because really? this was right around the time that Virtual Fighter came out to, in uh, arcades. That game still looks good. Yes. And they, sh- they, sh- <laughs> they saw the success of Virtual Fighter in arcades and said, all right, if people are okay with what that, what looks, that looks like, like we can do that. Fine. And that yeah. ran quick and like fast, yes. too. So, God, dropping the L is the best thing to happen to that game. What? Virtua Fighter. Oh, oh That's so okay. much better. They did virtual. a Virtual Racing. Virtua Tennis. Virtua Tennis. Yeah, virtual yeah. Cop. Oh, yeah, Virtual Cop. Yeah. <laughs> I think we talked about that on the same <laughs> yeah. 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 But as a part of this, because the SNES and the Genesis were out, so they were deciding whether to enter the market mm-hmm. and try to, like, get out ahead of whatever they had next <clears throat> and, like, be in that weird in-between space that Nintendo well, was kind of It's at. funny. You mentioned the 2D, 3D thing. They, like... This was very shortly after Donkey Kong Country, and that 
on the SNES, and that kind of blew people's minds because it looked 3D, even though it was and a 2D. things like Mortal Kombat. Mortal too. Kombat, yeah, totally. Yeah. Images of people, right? So it's it's weird to think that if they went 2D, that it would have probably more been an evolution of that. Yeah, like of those kinds of games. But <clears throat> part of that was okay. We're going 3D, so now we're going to wait because mm. at this point. It was pretty obvious that Nintendo was working on a follow-up to the Super Famicom. Why it wouldn't was, they? Of course, it was yeah. pretty obvious that Sega was working on a follow-up to the Genesis. Why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right, that's where we're going to compete. We're not yeah. going to compete with the Super Nintendo. We're going to compete with the... Wow, what was Nintendo 64's code name? Do you remember? Project Reality. Project Reality? I think that was the N64's <laughs> code name. Which, oh boy, did they miss the mark on that one. Uh, and... Um, um. That's funny. And here's where it finally happens. Now, I apologize to those of you that listened to our Xbox episode. The naming part <laughs> of the of the PlayStation Story is going to be a lot more boring <laughs> because it's not. It doesn't have something to do with Direct X combined with one dude liking to watch porn or whatever. However, they came up with the Xbox name. Uh, nuts. Sony simply. Um, I think. Hold on, can I guess? It's a conference room. Hey. Yeah, I guess just call it the PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they walk up and then they just like someone hits a delete button on the space. Like, yeah, 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 no. like yeah. then we've got it. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. I couldn't find any evidence to this, but I wonder if they couldn't call it Play Space Station if that was oh, like because part of, of the, the Nintendo thing. That would Maybe, be funny. But still, best naming convention in the whole field. One, two, three, four. None yes. of this one three sixty one business or whatever the fuck Nintendo is with the new and light no G horseshit. Yeah. Gears five. The switch <laughs> the switch U that's gonna come out. It's a nightmare. They're still the only ones that have figured it out. <laughs> like, yeah. So Wait, I got I got confu- no qualms with that what's shit. What's confusing about Original Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm gonna ask this now, just for posterity's sake. Where do you think they're gonna go next? Oh shit! <laughs> I think they're gonna either either they're gonna keep it Scarlet <laughs> for some reason. I think they might be dumb enough to just be like, I like that name. If that the works. X just stayed the Scorpio, like yeah, or <laughs> it's just gonna be like. Morpheus. Ugh, I have no clue. Exactly. Dude. They're fucked. This is why it's taken so long. They're all sitting there. <laughs> They're all sitting there. It's around done. Around. They're yeah. gonna, done. They're going to call it the Xbox One, but the number one, not the word. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. Roman numeral Ooh, one. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, if it was the one Xbox after. One, two. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's T O O. Like, it's not. Wait, do you mean Xbox 12? No. No, it's the Xbox One. The T-O-O. 720. That's what we all thought the Xbox One was going to be called. This it's going to be called the Xbox Two, but T O O. That's what I just said. Yeah, that's what it's going to yeah. be. Yeah, that's that's such a good idea. Or no, that's, it's not. That's stupid because the 360 was called it because it was a revolution. Oh. And then the Remember one, when the Wii was going to be called the One was called the One because it was the one All device in you would one need. Entertainment they oh, come really? Up. I yes. thought, yeah. yeah. Because it's got TV and music. Do you hear that like movies? that apocryphal story about like it's called the the Xbox One because just like the 360, people called it the 360, and they're like, yeah, we want people called to call it the, the one. one. Yeah, they didn't and do that. They called it Bone. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Honestly, they're probably just going to call it the Although, Xbox. It's probably just, the Xbox. No, it's just going to be Xbox. Yeah. Sony, it's going to be like iPad. Like you know, like they're going to. Sony did abandon that with what is quite possibly one of the stupidest names ever. Because when they one? decided to finally make a handheld, they just called it the PlayStation Portable, oh, yeah, which yeah, I yeah. thought was great. That and then great. they're like, 
PSP2? Nah, Vita. Vita. <laughs> like, because yeah, Vita means fair. life in Latin. Here's what does that have to do with didn't, anything? Didn't they also I don't know. <laughs> it's re- life. They released a reissue of the PlayStation 1, but it was called the PS1 spelled out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. The whole point of us nicknaming things and cultures so that we can yeah, don't that you can't can take ours. that from you us. Can't take it from That's us our work. It. Yeah, <laughs> they did that with all of them though, didn't yeah. they? No, they didn't do it with the PS2, but they came out with like a slim PlayStation 2. Yeah, it was just PS2. But then slim. the the they kept they keep that um, with the three the PS3. the PS3 slim came out, it just said PS3 on top, not PlayStation 3. Yeah, and then they, they did that the Spider-Man font that they had when yeah. that console came out. That's crazy. Hey, I'm fucked up now. I don't know what they're gonna call it. A bunch of people called it the. They called it Spider-Man Three, the console, because it was just the same <laughs> yeah. fucking letters. I remember that. It was real dumb. It's probably because they paid like they paid some dude like a hundred dollars to come up with that font for the Spider-Man movie, and they're like, yeah. "We gotta use it somewhere else. <laughs> Get our money's worth." Yeah, right. Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> or, dude, maybe a guy was just going through a computer program, and since it's Sony, it was just in there, and like that looks good. <laughs> <laughs> you had no idea what it was already used for. Got wingdings on the top of it. Like, yeah. The fuck does this say? All right. Back into it. <laughs> no, just talk about, talk names about of video game names. Um, if I didn't, I don't even remember if I said it or not, but I'm pretty sure we covered it. But they dropped the space. They yeah. lowercase yes, the yeah. S, and it was called I joked the PlayStation. Got rid of the for Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> that after guy came in and just deleted the space. What and about left. Facebook? <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes for a good trailer. But, so it was called PlayStation, all one word, no space. PlayStation. That'll be a big, powerful scene when Aaron Sorkin writes the PlayStation development <laughs> movie. <laughs> yeah, there's just, just um, going to be just as much debauchery. In it as the- this was when they officially. And I think I brought this up last episode, but this is when they officially ended their contract with uh, Nintendo. They had manufactured 200 Nintendo PlayStations. They ordered them all destroyed. Went into the grind. They scrapped that whole thing. And they rebuilt it starting from scratch. They were starting from the Kutaragi's like, demo machine. Yeah. Not This was actually not the same technology as the Nintendo PlayStation because that was made to run... And that was SNES fun. Games. Yeah, I was going to say that, that, was, that was definitely 2D stuff. That, yeah, that was made to run SNES games, but hold more memory because a CD ROM could hold more than a yeah. cartridge. And to again echo the Xbox episode, Sony had one problem no games. Mm. You know, yeah, they that was similar to the, yeah, I what, the first a, Xbox. I was just going through the thought process in my head just now of like how you develop a console with how do you test it without. All those Without games, because you need people to be rendering 3D models in order to test them. When I mean, yeah, the th- this was this was something it. Microsoft would have to later deal with, but they, you know, they made it happen. Yeah, that's interesting. I like to. Yeah. I guess that. it's like you attract um, people to that tech, and then. I think they have graphics people that like internally <clears throat> make demos, and then like, we'll get to it. But to keep drawing parallels to the Xbox episode, the the big point in Xbox's development was obviously the purchase of Bungie. Yeah. They're going to make a purchase similar that was, I'm going to argue, nowhere near as good, but we'll get there. Okay. I mean, they um, still enticed a lot of big companies. They to, did. They yeah. sure did. But their Bungie worked out really well for them, but maybe oh, not I as know who well. Oh, I know who you're talking yes. about. Okay, sorry. But yeah, they scrapped all those Sony PlayStation, those Nintendo Play Space stations, and they <laughs> started from scratch, but they needed games. Um, but this is actually like, not as much of an issue as you would think because, again, to bring up the thing I brought up last episode, like, people were looking 
to get out. No, two things. One, people were looking to develop games on CD-ROMs. They were looking. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. CDs were attracted these people. They wanted CDs, and uh, Sega CD was already out. I mean, gaming on PC was also like just starting to become a thing, thing, and it wasn't a huge deal. No, it didn't because it was dumb. It didn't belong. Um, (laughs) I mean, you talked about while it was dumb for a while, and rumor had started to spread. Internally around these companies, which would later come out true. It wasn't rumor, it was true. Nintendo was not looking to use CD ROMs on their next console. They were going to be using yeah. cartridges. Um, but I do, I do remember before that was revealed or leaked or whatever, or, or they announced it, I don't know. It was like the implication for a short time was that it was going to be disc based. Maybe, yeah. and, and maybe that was like based on this, like on that partnership. Like they just assumed. I think the like, deal fell through with Sony, and then the deal fell through with Philips after the failure of the CDI. Right. And then they were just kind of like, um, <laughs> let's, uh, we know, let's go back sure, to the thing. Sure, we'll know, just yeah. use cartridges, because that's all we know. Yeah. Um, makes sense. But in, in the minds of companies, I think Sony here was the clear winner. But in addition to this, those demos that convinced those executives to like full-on go Hop in with the board. PlayStation... Those were being shown around, and um, this led to... People were impressed with that. People were very yeah. impressed with those they demos. They saw that T-Rex demo. Was that? Probably. Yeah. They dumped their trunks. That was the thing. Like, when they were showing the PlayStation 1 off at, I think it was the E3 before it came out in Japan, like, there weren't many games to show off on that yet, but they had that T-Rex demo, and that, like, blew people's minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. kind of like how PS3 had the duck, the rubber duck one, or PS2 and PS3, I think, each had one. They were just yeah. like little videos of like this is what the yeah. console's capable of, yep. and then yeah, and this led to a support from a lot of companies, namely Capcom, <laughs> Konami, Square, some big guns, Namco, a bunch of companies like that. EA was impressed, but yeah. you know they obviously <clears throat> still made games for both. So I was going to ask here to lead into a little bit more of a discussion, like favorite PS One games. What's your experience with the PlayStation One, first of all? Uh, okay, so I didn't own one out of the gate, but my neighbors Neither did. Neither did I. I had mm-hmm. an N64, and our neighbors had a PlayStation. Just mm-hmm. They grew up Sega kids. I grew up a Nintendo kid. And I would go over there to play those games. They would come over to my house to play my games. But I think Twisted Metal was, like, the first maybe PlayStation game, game. But thinking about these companies, like Metal Gear Solid and, and Resident Evil. Like, Resident Evil, I think, might have been one of the first things that I... You know, Final Fantasy and blew that stuff up, and I, I played Mega Man X mm-hmm. on it. Mega Man Legends. Gran Turismo. I'm trying to think of what else, but I eventually my brother got a PlayStation, and I had the N64, and then would sneak upstairs and just play this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But... But yeah, they um But yeah, what about you, Chris? I didn't have one out of the box either. I don't remember. I definitely got one before the PS2 cuz we were very like my mom was like into tech back then or at least like knew that we were. <coughs> I don't know yeah. if she was, but like always kind of wanted to get us shit. I was just like looking at some like games to see if I cuz I have the worst memory. I mean, I think uh, the first the first time I played life. a PlayStation was at a Toys R Us and I I, I played Crash Bandicoot or, and like Spyro and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, I think mm-hmm. that was my first. I can I couldn't tell you. I don't remember when. <laughs> obviously, Final Fantasy, I mean, it's obviously a huge impact on me, you know what I mean? Like 7, 8 and 9 were all on PlayStation 1. I think 9 was. So, I don't know if I played 9 on PlayStation 1 though. But 
all three of those. Uh, Dino Crisis. Yeah. That game was fucking awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, was, I have very vivid memories. Like, as far as being a kid and playing the PlayStation, I only remember playing, like, Gran Turismo, I guess. I played, I begged to play GTA 1. I was, um, yeah, Dino <laughs> Crisis. I have very vivid that's memories so funny of that, that game. That's the one. And then Final Fantasy so 8. I think it mm-hmm. came up on a, when we were talking about E3 about the Final Fantasy 7 remake, and you were saying how Final Fantasy 7 was like your first game that you played where you realized games were capable of something bigger. Well, 8 was, <laughs> yeah. Oh, 8, but, okay. Because yeah, I the, retrospectively played 7. Like, okay. Well, I was a teenager, I should say. Metal yeah. Gear Solid was that for me, where like the first time I saw the opener of that game, and it was like, credits on the screen and they're like here are the actors like i was like what but no that the way that you feel about final fantasy was and i know you scoffed at it before but that's like the that's how i feel about resident evil and like silent hill like those are like that was the first thing that made me care about horror as a concept like uh, like watching horror movies and reading horror stories was like you know it was like the first things i remember like being scared at like like because i I watched a lot of movies and stuff when i was younger but interacting with it was a a whole different thing for Mm -hmm. me oh yeah Mm -hmm. my experience was no we can move on i don't really need it okay (laughs) (laughs) i got a nintendo 64 got real into it and then there was one christmas where when i was a kid where for some reason i was just like i don't know what i want and then I went to a Toys R Us and I played a demo mm-hmm. of Spyro. Oh, I know what I want. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess I forget about Spyro oh, and no, Crash I, Bandicoot. Sorry, and shit. no. Finish your thing. But I, ju- I literally just remember the first PlayStation game I ever played. So I got. Okay. So for Christmas, I got a uh, a PlayStation and a copy of Spyro and a copy of Crash. And then, and like, why is this so fucking hard? <laughs> but I got it so late that like It'll land exactly right. <laughs> yeah. I never played any of these games that you're talking like I never played Resident Evil 1 I never played Metal Gear Solid yeah. I didn't I didn't I play ne- Metal Gear or Resident Evil until I was older like my yeah. big one was Final Fantasy 7 yeah. really okay. Final Fantasy 7 was the first game that I bought myself for the PlayStation and I played the shit out of it so it's Mine was actually a launch game, which is more of a tech demo than anything, but the first PlayStation game I ever played was Demolition Derby. Demolition and, Derby. Yeah, and because I was big into racing games when I was a kid. I and especially Medieval. I played the shit mid- out of Medieval, that game, Medieval, they're remaking too. that now, too. But, like, I was big, especially into cars crashing. Like, Destruction Derby paved the way for me to get into series like Burnout and stuff like that. But even though Destruction Derby was more of a, like... Just to show off what it was capable of, I played that on a PlayStation and then bought it on PC because I didn't have a PlayStation, Mm -hmm. which I also did with GTA and stuff as well. But the game that made me care about the PlayStation was 100% Twisted Metal 2. Because Twisted Metal 1 is meh, but Twisted Metal 2, that's a fucking masterpiece. I played Ape Escape. Apes, yeah, the, oh, that yeah. you needed uh, the Dual Shock. I bought a PlayStation so late it came with a Dual Shock. Oh, really? Fucking Tenchu. Yeah. I don't know why. Oh, Tenchu. Tenchu. <laughs> yeah. God, I played the shit out of that game too. That was like a very adult game, and I remember playing yeah. it like being younger and like I don't know if I should well, be playing it. That was the thing we talked like Resident Evil, Metal Gear Solid, Silent Hill. Like a lot of those games and Tenchu and GTA were like adult games, and not not just in terms of like hey, it's an M-rated game, but like in terms of like themes and idea like they were like targeted for an older demographic yeah, Parappa and, the Rapper oh yeah I played I, I found, loved Parappa I found a very interesting thing even where though that game's like 20 minutes long there was a marketing person at Sony who talked about how the PlayStation was marketed and I thought it was kind of brilliant because they talked about how Nintendo was marketed at children yeah and <clears throat> Sega 
decided to be like Yo, fucking teens. we're extreme. Yeah. So yeah. they like targeted like the eighteen to thirty five demographic. And like for whatever reason, Sega's thought was like teenagers just wanna do things that adults they do, just want to have fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly teenagers just want to have fuck but sony was like their their strategy was like kids look up to teenagers because mm-hmm. they were like teenagers just want to do what adults want to do and it's like well not necessarily early teenagers want to do what late teenagers want to do yeah and then like adults once they get past a certain age like once you get into your mid-20s like you can make something for a 25 year old that a 40 year old will enjoy like so they've targeted specifically this the demographic of 12 to 25 it's genius that's pretty good because they were like once you hit 25 anything made for a 25 year old like a metal gear solid or something like that or even an 18 year old like you'll also enjoy it and it's like anything made for a 12 year old as long as it's not too violent yeah can also tar- be targeted at kids. The PlayStation did have kind of like a naughty sort of yeah. like association to it. Which but it is... wasn't like forced, like the extreme. No, it wasn't. It, it, it was, felt yeah. more mature. Yeah. It did. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It yeah. felt like a mature because it, system. It, yeah, because it, it wasn't It wasn't just like... Because it honestly, not to be like all fucking metaphor, it forked, but it was it was video games kind of growing up. It was video games growing <laughs> you up. Know no, 100%. I mean? Yeah. Like, that's why I maybe had that feeling. Yeah. And, you know, I was young, but I still was like seeing those games, like playing Siphon Filter and Twisted Metal and stuff felt like, like this is a game yeah. that's supposed to be designed for like my friend's cool older brother, not me, but like I'm yeah. playing it. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, they ditched the. You know, cartridges were out, CDs were in. And this was around about the time where they were like, this is getting pretty serious. We can't be part of Sony Music anymore. Mm. So in 1993, Sony Computer Entertainment was formed, SCE, who is still around today. And we had our our boy... EverQuest, guys? (laughs) No. That's (laughs) Sony Online. I know. Our boy Ken Kutaragi was named CEO of that. Obviously, why wouldn't he uh, yeah, be? That's, there's uh, the nobody more deserving. Of yes. And then one year later in 1994, Sony Computer Entertainment America was founded. Sony was also, Computer also Entertainment also of America presents. If we're going to have a competition for best name in these two episodes, uh, the president of Sony Computer Entertainment in America was named as a guy, Olaf Olafsson. The, yeah, Olaf he's come Olafsson. up before. Yeah. It's still the best name. Yes. So did what was Sony's first published game under their banner? Like they, they did have a few of their stuff ready for the PS1 launch, right? Like Twisted Metal and Jumping Flash were Sony. So it's funny you should mention that. Yeah. Sony went out and purchased... They made their Bungie-style purchase. Yeah. They purchased a studio called Cygnosis. Fine makers of Destruction Derby. Exactly. Yeah. So that was their Halo. It's funny that you mentioned that you <laughs> yeah, like that game. I did. Because Destruction Derby was their in-house Do you think developed... Destruction Derby will be a Smash character? <laughs> <laughs> Great. I think Halo holds up a little better than uh-huh, Destruction does, Derby. But... <laughs> But Destruction Derby was... What? You're telling me Peter Jackson ever got signed on to a Destruction Derby movie? <laughs> yeah, listen. When those cars crash and those little triangle particles would shoot out, it was pretty crazy. They also had the worst logo ever. Isn't it's, it the owl? No, they, Paul they, McCartney they, writing they, music it was for the, Destruction Derby. It was, it was the owl. <laughs> It was the owl, but Google them and, and look, it, it's like the shittiest metal bit. You can't even read the font. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. I love it. It's like, it, it looks, yeah, it, 
if you just had that shirt on, like and and you, you would like, think it wh- was like a journey band. Yeah, it, journey it's, it is band. journey's font. Like you're, you're yeah. like, yeah, I'm just seeing Rush on tour. Following yeah, him. like and, yeah, um, <laughs> it's pretty bad. But yeah, you guys probably don't know Destruction Derby. Randy's probably the only person that <laughs> has a fun. There were of that sequels. Game. <laughs> <laughs> but you might you might better know Cygnosis as the creators of the Wipeout series. Yes. Uh, Those games are all right. The best floating car game of the generation. <laughs> Don't provoke me. <laughs> what? I was about to say which one. Neither of them are around anymore. I can't even... Like... Destruction Derby was on 64. Can you think of a better one? Yeah, it was called Destruction Derby 64. Yeah. It was like built from the ground up. Yep. Can I think of a better one? Can you think of a better game with floating cars? Tube Slider. Someone? Yeah, it was like a GameCube excuse. All right, exclusive. there you go. Randy's no. favorite floating card no. game, Tube Slider. <laughs> I, I just don't. I don't. Want, sorry, I feel like sorry. if I <laughs> not to cut you off, but we have we have to move on. If I bring <laughs> up if I bring up the words F Zero, another one will never happen again. It's you cursed it. Yeah, you cursed it. Yeah. It's not the the market. <laughs> um, so wait, how do you pronounce this company's name again? Cygnosis. Cygno- with a P. Yes, with a P. Okay, so that yes. was their that was P S Y G N O S I G N O S I S P. Right, so that's their their <laughs> that's their Pocket. first studio. Yeah. No, I understand. Uh, that. I, I'm unbelievable. It's I'm funny Jesus. because they're a much better comparison to another studio that actually helped Nintendo a lot. That Randy's gonna freak out when I say their name. Oh Factor God. Five, <gasps> <laughs> the makers of Rogue Squadron, yeah. rest in peace, and Lair. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, knew. I was like, it. I was like, don't say Lair. <laughs> um, and didn't they also, they've made, like, audio stuff for the Wii and all this yes, shit? Yes, that's yeah. what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Factor 5 actually, like, wrote a lot of the drivers that made the Wii possible. Right, yeah. Um, nice. Because they had such, an, like, an in with Nintendo. The that's Wii, a, known for its tech. That's essentially what Cygnosis was able to do. <laughs> the chips that went into the dev kits for the PlayStation, like, at the time, by the time it launched, they were cheap enough that they could, like, profit off of the console, but, like... At the time when they're like, we need to develop games for it, they were still a little expensive to manufacture. Yeah. And so they were going to manufacture actual <laughs> prototype PlayStations and send them out to developers, which is going to cost them a ton of money. Wow. And instead, Cygnosis was able to help them port their development kit to PCs. Are they still around? Cygnosis? Yeah. No, they got shut down. Okay, that makes sense. They're probably just merged, but, but like, so it's at this point you have a lot of companies on board. Like we, the, we just went from them in the span of this conversation, like being like, we need some games, and now there's all these powerhouse fucking studios and the new studios. Hey, Sony's a big established electronics company. It makes sense. Yeah. B, it is the epoch of disc and 3D gaming. I, I think I just find so it funny like, because mm-hmm. yeah, because exactly. So which is funny because Nintendo's. Them going for cartridges in the N64 was the ch- like that kind of irreparably damaged the relationship with many third parties for, yeah. for that time. They didn't want third parties anyway. They wanted to be their own little fucking Disney world. I know, but when you think about... No, wait, that the, was Sega. <laughs> but when you think about the NES and the SNES, like uh, yeah. Capcom and Konami were all there and the Square and... I should say Cygnosis did not get shut down. I think they got turned into Sony X-Dev, but they just like a they don't make studio? their own games. They like help other studios make games for PlayStation now. They still have the same logo? No. It's just, their logo just says X-Dev. They shot the owl, huh? Uh, yeah, the, owl, the owl's dead. <laughs> um, back in the 90s where he belongs. But yeah, so now we have a whole bunch of studios, like Randy said, that are on board. We have cheap dev kits so they can make them and get a lot of them out to people. Cards are falling into uh, place. And we also have <laughs> dev kits that were 
made... I, I said a lot in the Xbox episode how much easier the Xbox was developed for people, which is how they were able to convince people to make Xbox games. It's kind of the same deal here. Like, Sony still didn't have it exactly right, but they had it way more right than Nintendo did. I said before, Nintendo and <clears throat> Yamauchi in the last episode, were very hard to get, like, licensing deals with. Yeah. Sony was like, yo, you want to make a game for us? You fucking go ahead. Like, <laughs> And so, like, they were set. And not only that, but, like, with the fact that, like, the SNES was doing so well, they were now going to be ahead of Nintendo. That's crazy to Because think about, yeah. it was announced that the console would go on sale on December 3rd, 1994 in Japan... And that was one week after the Sega oh, Saturn. The Saturn, yeah. Yep. And, and and as Chris said in his Sega episode, yeah. that ended well for one company, Sony. That happened multiple times with Sega too. Like they, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dreamcast got stamped out by the PS2. Yeah, yeah. And didn't wasn't one of their launch like previous to the Saturn was overshadowed by like a Nintendo. Oh, every time. Yeah. The first Sega console came out the day of the original NES. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. 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 And Nintendo was nowhere to be found. So it was just, at this point, we're, we're just Sega and Sony competing on the market, as we mentioned in the Sega episode. But I don't have the numbers for Sega, but they weren't this good. 100,000 PlayStations in the first day and 2 million in the first six months. That's pretty decent. Yeah, they had a hard time just keeping up with demand, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the thing they ended up with the PlayStation. I was reading about uh, with the PS2. They had, like, banks ahead of time of them. Yeah. And they kind of, like... We're not going to let this happen They kind again. of artificially dripped them out to, like, keep demand, like... Unlike Nintendo, Sony secure. is consistently been good over the years of keeping their shit in stock except for the ps2 yeah except for the ps yeah, well yeah, that was yeah because yeah, everybody wanted a dvd player i guess, yeah but yeah and it's i think partly in turn to the fact that they've been an electronics manufacturer for for so long, long they're used to product launches yeah. they're not waiting on other people either yeah it's also it's thing. exactly yeah. it's a lot of in-house that's like the thing with my company is like you deliver faster and you more efficiently when you make everything inside yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, discs making is very cool. Like, yeah. we have a whole this disc is insider information. In my building. Yeah. It's really cool. It's like literally just like they just take like plastic beads, <laughs> I'm assuming either recycled or non recycled, and they just like melt it into a literal plastic disc shape. Like, you ever seen a CD without like anything on it? No. It's just like a plastic. I've seen it before. I guess they're like, they're like stoppers and something. Like, they put them on like sometimes on blank disc things. Like, not that anybody's bought a pack of blank discs in the last 15 years. Oh, no, yeah, no, I do. I yeah, still make like clear. Yeah, 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 that's the little protector thing on top. That's essentially where it starts. Yeah, that's but cool. it's basically like it's just like a plastic thing like that, and then they coat it yeah. in chemicals in like a crazy clean, static-free laboratory. So this thing, that's just, from, a play, that's just a CD with no fucking Yeah, it's literally because the actual material is just like a, it's like a certain kind of metal, I think, like a thin layer that's what they scratch into. Mercury. It's essentially just like the... It's essentially like a record player, but in a slightly more advanced yeah. way. Yeah. It's That's, crazy. And then cool. most of the time, they just copy them from there. They don't do that process every time. Right. After that, they make a bunch of them and then just transfer stamp the thing over and over and over. Man. 
Yeah, like it's like you got like an original disc where you put the shit on it, and then you just kind of stamp it onto a bunch of new ones. <laughs> That's got. I would just watch that that process. Just the fucking the... CD player is loud. <laughs> it's the loudest place on earth. Like my shop is fucking loud. Like you gotta wear like earphones or yeah. earplugs if you don't want to die every day. But that place, you you cannot. Like I can take my headphones down and be fine. You cannot. And that CD player, it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> like you can't fucking hear hear your thoughts. It's fucking annoying. So both of those consoles were out in Japan, and it was actually like I don't want to leave the impression that it was like a blowout. It wasn't as much of a blowout in Japan. Hmm. The blowout again. Listen to the Sega episode to get the full story. But the blowout came in America uh, at E3 1995. Olaf Olafsson made the announcement Still the best for game. Sony <laughs> after Sega had announced that the Saturn he announced that weird fucking launch of yeah. the Saturn and that it would be 399 they announced that in September of 1995 yeah. the PlayStation would be out in America and it would be 299 that fucking press conference $100 dude. cheaper yeah. <laughs> just to bring yeah. it up again yeah. the mm-hmm. also because the PlayStation did do well in Japan but the Saturn was the huge console yeah, like, they love the fucking Saturn about. in Japan. Yeah. yeah, and like the Saturn bombed in America. Oh yeah. So like, Sony got off to a g- quick and early lead in America. Console went on sale in America September eighth, nineteen ninety five. It had more launch games than most platforms did because it had been out for a year. That was <clears throat> right, the thing. Yeah. And there was um, weird shit because like they brought a lot of the stuff from Japan over here. Yeah, which was neat. Like uh, you... Battle Arena Toshinden. And that's yeah. something PlayStation's kind of always been known for too. That's true. Yeah. A little bit yeah. more accessible to get foreign, especially Japanese. They don't have games. the yeah. same. Like a lot of Nintendo games would go through some pretty rigorous. Like what do they? What do they call it when they? It's not just translating, but it's also kind of localization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You saw I, there was less of that, I think, for a lot of Sony games. Yeah, yeah. God, you, you mentioned Parappa like ten minutes ago, and I've had one of the fucking things stuck in my head. French <laughs> kick the fries. Punch. It's all in the mind. French the fries. <laughs> the driving one is in my head. I'm like listening to you guys talk. And it's stupid fucking. <laughs> Yeah, they built up a strong enough library for being a year ahead, and then they continued to build that library. And uh, one main entry in that library, Crash Bandicoot, yeah, came out one month before the Nintendo 64 that? did. That company uh, end up ever doing anything else besides <laughs> that one? Uh, nope, they shut, no, they they shut them down. Uh, yeah, 1996, August 1996, Crash Cra- Bandicoot comes out. He was out. essentially the mascot for the PlayStation, yeah. which is funny because it's same with Spyro, but they couldn't hold on to those guys. Yeah. And then in, uh, in September of 1996, N64 comes out. And Nintendo took an early lead. There are reports of Nintendo like beating out PlayStation with in Mario the, 64. In, a, with Mario 64, still the best launch game and then again with Zelda and stuff yeah. like that. But for the most yeah. part, Sony was able to hold off Nintendo. And the interesting thing was the Nintendo 64 was not doing well in Japan. Yeah, I saw that in your thing, and I thought that was yeah. kind of crazy. Like, we mentioned this in the Sega episode, but like the two competitors in Japan for were the Saturn and the PlayStation. And, the PlayStation. Yeah. and in America, it was the N64 and the PlayStation. Because it was and no different in Japan. They were more interested in better, more advanced games, too. Yeah. And not that they didn't love fucking Mario. I mean, this is his hometown, you know? But yeah. it's like... Italy's his hometown. 
<laughs> Brooklyn's his hometown. We just watched the movie. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's more the fact that I think they were, their, their culture was probably in gaming, maybe no different than ours, is more instant and more so, mature games, maybe just like maybe, so, tired of so Nintendo. It's, well, what's interesting is like when you were talking about our first experiences with the PlayStation, I, as a kid, didn't find the PlayStation immediately appealing because it was, uh, there was th- a lot of RPGs, like th- that's what the PlayStation was known for. And mm-hmm. yeah. in, and I was playing action games, which like, and and I'm not saying that N- N- Nintendo and the N64 didn't have those, or that the PlayStation didn't have action games, but it's like, I that was just sort of the the narrative, I guess, you know, like. No, I get it. I get it. But I would totally understand as to why things on the Sega CD and the Sony would maybe appeal more to a Japanese market. Yeah, like it no, makes sense that Goldeneye is doing more for us than them. Like, yeah, you know, like, exactly. Though I, I do think at the end of the day that the Nintendo sixty four had a higher attach rate, but less games. Like, their yeah. games sold very well. Yeah, but. I mean, I think the wasn't the best-selling PlayStation One game Gran Turismo. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Best-selling so, PlayStation One game was Gran Turismo. And that I mean that was because that had a huge appeal in Europe as well. Yes. Yeah. Everybody loves racing games. <clears throat> Not um, as much anymore. No, but yeah. it's just a, but it's, it's yeah, funny that like it's, even it's people very like universal. us with a very not yeah. like we all play all different kinds of games, but. Mm-hmm. Even uh, we like racing games. Oh, yeah, I wish yeah. they would make more arcade style racing and I don't play yeah. Sims anymore. Um, no, yeah, no. Yeah. Fuck, fuck Forza. Forza. This Fort- now this number Fortnite. this number might be a little outdated by now. Is this sales figures? The sales figures. Sony, yeah, like I said, Sony was they competing. Made, it was like over hundred mil. For they them. were competing very strongly with the Nintendo sixty four in America and very strongly with the Saturn in America to the point where when you Take all those numbers, and I think I brought this up in the Xbox yeah. episode. But you take all those numbers and you put them all together. <laughs> Nintendo sixty four ended up selling like thirty, 30 million. Thirty, thirty-five. Something yeah, like something like that. Saturn is. I don't remember those numbers. I don't have them written down. It wasn't great. No. It was like ten million, I think. Mm. PlayStation won one hundred two million. Jeez, it is. That is. Last reported numbers, the fourth best-selling console of all of time. All time after. <clears throat> Sorry, th- it's the second best-selling oh, you're console. Not handhelds in if here. you take the handhelds okay. out, DS. Yeah, it is the Game second Boy best-selling Boy. console of all time after the, PS2. the PlayStation 2, yeah. which is the top. Um, and then if you add in handhelds, you have the DS and the Game Boy are up there. <clears throat> right. uh, the Wii being number five and the PlayStation 4 actually being number six. But I think these numbers are a little out of date, and I think that the PS4... I think there. it was like the end of 2018. The PS4 was at 97 million. Wow! So like and it's we're still got halfway, some time left. Yeah. We're halfway through 2019. <clears throat> yeah, this and there's some games coming out. So we're nearing the end of its life cycle for sure. But mm-hmm. like, I have a feeling it's probably going to eclipse the and original it, PlayStation and, and the might, Wii. And it will probably still some even after the PS5 is out. Imagine sure. PS4 gets price sure. dropped and stuff. But but there's um, still a 70 million dollar gap between the N64 and the 70 million unit gap. Yeah. Sorry. Well, um, way more dollars. Yeah, <laughs> um, and Sega, meanwhile, is uh, yes, but yeah, this was Sega. Not- meanwhile, is making fucking Sonic movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's how long it's been in development. Yeah, it, yeah it, in a very stark contrast to our Xbox episode, to keep mirroring that one. Xbox came out of the gate and they were like they limped across the finish line and then just like burst out running when the 360 came out. Yeah. But like Sony was out the gate. PS1, like, yeah. if you look at sales numbers, like, the 360 did really well, the Wii did really well, DS and Game Boy did really well, but, like, 
You're talking consoles, top-selling consoles of all time. The, I mean, three, the, the 360 yeah. and the Wii are the only ones not made by fucking Sony. That's so yeah. If you look at like the top... Because it's like PlayStation 2, PlayStation 1, Wii, PlayStation 4, 360, PlayStation 3. Like, they're all right at the top. And they could tout at this time that, yeah. the, that it was the best-selling console of all time. Yeah. Everything else was after it. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, imagine, like, we think of the NES as being the thing that, like, you know, brought everyone into games. And now a platform is out. 10 years later that is mm-hmm. bigger than that like yep. yeah it's yeah. kind of crazy like i'm trying to i've been sitting here trying to like rash not rationalize but like figure it out like why why did why does playstation did and do they still do so well i think partly i mean it's i, I want to say their per, professionalism yeah. like maybe they're very yeah. like here's our thing we're making this we're gonna make it right we're gonna do it this way but then again it's like there were a billion people touching hands in that microsoft system why did the xbox do not not so well in the beginning maybe just different mm. problems plagues more like you do you think about it like or was it the market already saturated at I mean, that point the, the it was PS, harder to get in the ps2 like, was a great console but the dvd thing was definitely a huge part of it and yeah. the ps3 had some problems out of the gate but it being a blu-ray player could have played a bit of a role in that as well oh yeah and the ps3 struggled though cause, it, because because it, it was 360 yeah. obviously eventually microsoft got it right like, but i'm just yeah. curious like i'm, I'm curious if, like, what is if it about microsoft did right if it would have been just as big as a contender and taken away some from PlayStation. I'd be know? curious to see what the numbers are in America between the PS1 and the N64. I don't know if that's easy to find. It might not be. but I don't think it'll be easy to find, no. <clears throat> Compared, just because you were saying that the N64 didn't have the same appeal in Japan, maybe not Europe as well, but, like, when I was a kid, it seemed more equal than this. <laughs> but... Well, because kids love fucking video games. We didn't give a shit about sales numbers yeah. and games oh, coming yeah, out. We yeah. were just like, oh, I want to play this. Oh, I want to play this. Yeah, that's true. I think it's because Sony, to me... Like, do you think the migration has... of all those studios was, like, part of what did it, or...? Sony is, I think, the best at being a global company, and I think that's mm. the thing, is, like, Nintendo has always focused on Japan. Yes, Still to this day, Nintendo of yeah. America might as well not exist. Like yeah. they're a PR firm, yeah. And like really Microsoft are. is a American, American company. company, and like Xbox <clears throat> does pretty well in Europe, awful in Japan. Yeah. But like Sony has Sony Computer Entertainment. They have Sony Computer Entertainment America, and they have Sony Computer Entertainment Europe, and like they have American studios like Naughty Dog knocking it out of the park. Here, they have yeah. like Sony Japan. That's what sells PlayStations here. They got yeah. Sony Japan knocking mm-hmm. it out of the park and then they have studios in Europe like Gorilla. Yeah. Like killing yeah. it. Like yeah. they they're all over That's the world good, yeah. and I think they're they're the best at like marketing globally. And Which I think it, that's the thing. It, I think you're right. And they figured it out in the same way that, like, Microsoft and Nintendo have yet to, like, break that cultural barrier between... Not like, just... And it's like, Nintendo consoles are a Japanese product that they sell around the world. Xbox consoles are a American product that they sell around the world. Yeah. And for the longest time, Sony consoles were a Japanese product that they sell around the world. The thing is that the PS4 specifically, that is a collaborative effort yeah. between everybody worldwide. You ever see numbers of that thing in like South America yeah. and Europe? And that all, thing, and like, yeah, like that thing was designed in conjunction with Sony Computer Entertainment America and Sony Computer Entertainment Europe. Yeah. And all of their studios that they now own, like Gorilla and Naughty Dog and stuff, they all pitched in and they yeah. like brought that thing to market together, and I think that's why. But, 
to get back to the original PlayStation. I'm not going to dig too much into processors. We talked about before how the Nintendo 64 had a 64-bit processor, even though it didn't really matter. Right. Yeah. Sony's was a 32-bit processor. I'm glad um, that you're bringing this up anyways, because, you know, Chris was asking about, like, what was the thing that... Yes. So it was it was Sony, that fact that it could play CDs that I said. Sony that's, had that's kinda yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sony had some very distinct advantages over the competition. Number one, 3D graphics. Mm-hmm. It was able to handle more polygons because of something called triangular polygons, which you brought up in. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's an actual thing. I didn't even realize uh, the way it rendered polygons. <laughs> it rendered them as triangles, which allowed them to save on computing. And Saturn had quadratic polygons, which were squares, which Fucking made everything amateurs. harder to run- render, which made frame rates lower, mm. et cetera, et cetera. The number one thing that PlayStation had over everybody else was textures. Yeah. And that really comes into play in mostly every title that we mentioned before. So the thing was, N64 had better shaders, and it had better draw distances, and it had more RAM. And Sony had more polygons and better textures. And I think it worked out well it made for it Sony more in the end. Because if you think about it, like, what is Metal Gear? But like, you're confined in a little area, but it's a very detailed little area. Yeah. Right? What's Resident Evil? You go from room to room and it has those doors, those doors that load, but like those little rooms look real detailed and yeah. those characters have a lot of personality. That's a good point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> God, I remember being a kid being like, what the fuck are these load? Like, I, that was the first time I ever saw load times was a PlayStation yeah. 1. You like, had more open environments on the N64, but like those open environments ended up being pretty barren anyway because. That's true. I just think all those Capcom games, they must have a. Capcom guy who's like, everybody's wearing high heels and the floors are made of the most. <laughs> you mentioned Dino Crisis before. Wood. Like, all, whenever I think of Dino Crisis, I just think of like somebody wearing metal cleats on a metal floor. Yeah, like, that's, that's just, what I just think. Yeah. That's, what I just that's what I think about when I think of Resident Evil yeah. is you just walk into a house. <laughs> yeah, but it blew my mind when you walked on like carpet. And then, oh, like, yeah. I think in Metal Gear Solid, there was like puddles in the beginning and it would squish when you were on the puddles as opposed to. <laughs> As Randy said before, <laughs> the only games that tended to excel above them and use the power of the N64 over the PlayStation were games made Going in conjunction with Nintendo. Oh, Mainly yeah, yeah. Rare games and Nintendo yes. games themselves. Super yeah, Mario 64, the Zeldas, Perfect Dark, Banjo-Kazooie, They're the ones that like were that. pushing it, yeah. yeah. Nobody else got um, access. Where Sony excelled was third party. Mm-hmm. Third party support was helped immensely by like I said how easy it was to develop. There were way more effective tools for developers and an interesting little side note, I don't know if you guys remember this, there's a phenomenon on the PlayStation where like, you know, like you, when you turn the camera, the textures don't move as one. They kind of like warp and yes. creep around yeah. the screen. Yeah, they always look funny. I mentioned Siphon Filter earlier. That was, Siphon that filter was definitely was a big one. one. I think Tomb Raider had some of that Tomb as Raider well. Tomb Raider had that. Yeah. That was because there's a difference between floating point math and fixed point math. And Sony made their processor to do mathematical simulation and mathematical formulas like as fast as possible, yeah. like right away. But the problem was it wasn't very accurate because it was fixed point, not floating point. So they were able to render more textures and more polygons, but not as accurately, right. which is why PlayStation games did that weird warping. Like, they looked better. <laughs> I loved in Twisted Metal, the buildings would, like, mm-hmm. dance when you drove next to them, yeah. It was really funny to see games that came out on both platforms mm-hmm. and, like, how they were better and worse in different ways. Yeah. 
Turok was a big one, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turok was a big one because the environment's more open like a Perfect Dark, and that really shined on the Nintendo, but then the textures were a lot better on PlayStation. But what's funny is, like, we brought up Resident Evil. Resident Evil 2 came out on the N64 and the PlayStation, and I played it on the N64, but it didn't have the cutscenes. Yeah. It did, like, none of, like, none of that, like... And that's a great segue. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was on purpose no, or not. No, it was not. You're welcome. Into, into our third point, <laughs> which is that... Sony being a company who was in the entertainment industry, they had chips designed to specifically render audio and video, which is why they could play CDs in the PlayStation. It's like edited Um, Tony Hawk. uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Which is why does Jerry was a race car driver have no vocals in it, and like, and Superman is which was why the Tony Hawk music was better, and they had like better versions of those videos of like the devs bailing out when you beat. Tony Hawk yeah. and stuff like that. I, I remember playing uh, Vigilante Eight. It allowed it allowed for full cutscenes, yeah. like you said. <laughs> that had full cutscenes. Uh, that some that, classic Final Fantasy cutscenes that blew my little combed my little kid pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't hear that orchestrated score on the N sixty four. And things things like the uh, the very memorable live action cutscenes in Resident yeah. Evil One wouldn't be possible God, what if, they if just it stuck wasn't with for that aesthetic throughout that whole series. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and yeah. The rest is history. I wrote here, take some time to gush about the PlayStation, but we've done that plenty. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to wrap up about the PlayStation Superior a little bit. Superior version of Tony Hawk, and that hurts me um, because I am a, I grew up such an N64 kid. Oh, same, but I, I played Tony Hawk 1 on N64. Me too. Loved it. Got the rest of them for PS1. Yeah, then you played two um, on, yeah. 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 Yep. But yeah, anybody who has even remotely kept an eye on the games industry knows the rest of the story. Do we talk about Symphony of the Night enough? I I'll get up. there. Okay. I love Symphony of the Night. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of soundtracks. Yeah. Sony's follow-up, the PlayStation 2 went on to be the best-selling Fucking, console yeah. of all time after the PlayStation 1 already was the best-selling console of all time. A lot of people think of the PS3 as a failure, and I guess in terms of PlayStation 1 through 4, it was the least successful. Yeah. Yeah. But, but it also <laughs> is one of the top 10 best selling consoles yeah, of all they, time. That's still. why Chris yeah. said they made it there. They but, made it there for yeah. sure. And uh, PS4 is currently the leader of the modern pack. Like I said, it's about to eclipse the original PlayStation coming that's up crazy. soon. Yeah. A few less than stellar, but very cherished stints in the handheld market, you know. Yeah. You won't find many people who are in love with their PlayStation portables or their Vitas, but the people you <laughs> Those do are some find passionate fans. are very passionate about it. I, ha- um, I, yeah, I, I the, love the PSP. Me too. Yeah, PSP not, was cool not so much the Vita, but like... Vita was still good. The Vita was cool. But yeah. The Vita... Remote okay. play. Well, while make, we're into okay, it... I make fun of the Vita a lot, but yeah. The Vita is the Switch. It is. It, yes, it absolutely yes. is. I'm not remote play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the now they're releasing a Switch this year. That's just, Nintendo's <laughs> killing it because they stole. They copied the Vita. The Switch Lite is the Vita. It okay, is, it's a thousand percent the Vita. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But yeah, the first time Sony saw any complete failure was the launch of the PlayStation Classic recently. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's true. Um, but oh, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What about what about the PlayStation TV? Oh yeah. <laughs> That, was that, a, count- that counts as Vita sales. Oh, or the Does move. It? Or the move. No, well, no, because the move got integrated into VR yeah, stuff, yeah, which is yeah, VR, doing right. well. So, like, I mean, the the PS. The place, I mean, you want to talk about peripherals? That's right. You do use those controllers, yeah. right? Yeah. The, I remember didn't the even PlayStation Eye, the first oh, the one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 the yeah. Eye toy. Yeah, the Eye toy. God, the PlayStation. They TV. didn't do everything. The PlayStation right, TV but... is is pretty much the worst thing ever. I like I I liked my Engage more than that piece of shit. 
fucking hated the PlayStation TV so much. I like the PlayStation TV. No, you did It did not work. It did not work. I thought it worked flawlessly. <laughs> what about um, the controllers for PS4? That's a failure. No, the, no, that's the best controller. No, I meant the I mean, they original die like, launch. They die in yeah. like three hours. Yeah. yeah. You want to talk that's about this generation's controllers? The then it's, no, yes, then it's Nintendo. Nintendo's in the middle of a class action lawsuit over their controllers. <laughs> yeah. so. That's fucking pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Joy-Cons are garbage. Yeah. They're making a console that with them attached just so they can get over this. Because <laughs> they can't fucking figure it out. <laughs> fucking idiots. Um, but yeah, the gaming division... I currently have no controllers for my Switch. I have to we buy We these Philips. <laughs> the screwdriver Missed guys? Missed the out. <laughs> the gaming division of Sony is now its most profitable. Yeah. Yep. So much so that Ken Kutaragi eventually left Sony Computer Entertainment and was replaced by CEO of Computer Sony Computer Entertainment Kaz Harai, yeah, who was yeah. the Ridge Racer guy. Yeah. Um, but he did such a good job Wonderful with man. Sony's worst-selling console <laughs> that he was eventually named CEO of Sony proper, and he has since resigned from that role. But Sony yeah. it wouldn't be peace, where it Twitter was. Account. I think this might be the first year. 2019, I think, is going to be the first year that Sony's other divisions managed to eclipse PlayStation because Far From Home was a Sony product and the PlayStation 4 is reaching the end of its life cycle. But, yeah. Um, well, that's why, with some exceptions, their movie ventures are, uh, usually suck just so, so Yeah, bad. you have Sony to thank for most of yeah, Adam Sandler's career. <laughs> and a lot of reboots. Yes, yeah, so yeah, a lot of reboots. Ghostbusters, Men in Black. Men in Black. Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the first time. Okay, yeah. Spider-Man's doing better again. Yeah. Oh, the last, the one thing I should say about the PlayStation Classic is that at least you can hack that thing and make it cool. Yes, we, you can. We did that. Out of the box, it might have been. You know. And with that, we're gonna end the story of the PlayStation. But no space. We're not done. Yeah. Because we're going to stop talking about the Sony PlayStation, and we're going to go back to talking about the Nintendo PlayStation. It's back! It's back. Actually, Chris, you're going to love it. I, I'm yeah. excited to, like, um, like, to see your reaction to this. Cause... So, like I said before, they made 200 Nintendo PlayStations. Yeah, and they were, asked earlier. They were ordered destroyed. <laughs> All right, who's got one? <laughs> In 2015, a man by the name of Dan Diebold... Or Diebold? I don't know. I'm going to say Diebold. It's a, uh, oh, oh, okay. Uh, I'm reading that as Diebold. He was not into games, but he was helping his father clean out his attic, and he found a thing that was labeled Nintendo, and he posted a blurry-ish picture of it to Reddit. Wasn't it on, like, r slash what is this or yeah, something? something yeah. like that. And what is the craziest post related to video games of all time yes uh, there's uh, yeah the commenters were very quick to call bs yeah, yeah. i'm sure um, i was i was probably one of them at first yeah. like... uh, but let me explain a little bit of backstory yeah. it turned out that maybe not all 200 nintendo playstations that sony had made and ordered destroyed were actually destroyed because on the 4th of July weekend in 2015, oh, yeah, uh, Dan flew back to his parents' house to hang out with them for 4th of July. And he went back up into the attic and brought with him a camera and took some high-quality pictures with proof. And it was officially confirmed the lost Nintendo PlayStation had been found. Holy um, shit. Were there, and there were never <laughs> pictures of this out there before. No. That's part of the reason this why people... 
thought he was full of shit because it's not like there was any reference. This yeah. is literally like the holy grail of game collecting. Yeah. To the point where Reddit was like, bullshit, you yeah. don't know what video games are and you have <laughs> only one of these. Like, <laughs> But then that, that poses the question, how? How did this guy who was not into video games have the only known yeah. version of this console? Well, it all came from Dan's dad, Terry Diebold. Terry had been a maintenance man for a company called Advanta, which is, this is a banking financial company. Okay. I was going to say, um, I, I didn't know who the, Yeah. Who but the was. president of Advanta happened to be a man by the name of Olaf Olafson, <laughs> uh, who you will recognize as the former CEO of Sony Computer Entertainment America. Don't know what Advanta did, but they didn't do it well, because in 2009, Advanta filed for bankruptcy. And Terry, being the maintenance man, was kept on at the end in order to clean out the building. He was cleaning out offices, storage spaces, and stuff. And he was told to throw everything out, but Terry don't roll that way, no. apparently. He was, like, kind of a hoarder. And he was like, I work for a technology financial company. Some of this shit has to be worth something. So he and, loaded up yeah. his truck with a bunch of boxes that had machines in them that looked like they might be important. I would have done the exact same fucking thing. Yeah, uh, hell, yeah. I did when I was working. At, well, I guess I, I probably shouldn't say it, but Don't I did. Say. Yeah, but I. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, but one of those boxes ended up being quite possibly the only Nintendo PlayStation that still exists. Holy fucking shit. crazy! Uh, yeah. Dan asked his dad what he wanted to do with it, and his dad said he didn't care. <laughs> Uh, so Dan said, all right, I'm going to take this back to a friend who owns a retro gaming store and see what it's worth. Imagine bringing what? it, bringing no, it there in front of it. It's worth nothing. It's, it's priceless. No, it's it's yeah, worth nothing it's and everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, like, there, um, I remember, like, like I remember when, and Giant Bomb was talking about this when that happened, and they brought up the pricelessness of it. Like, yeah. how do you even determine the value of something that there's potentially only one of? Yeah. Like, if... If it's even legal to to do anything with it at that point, like well, considering the yeah, considering the status of this, we'll get to what Terry did companies. with it. But Dan took it back to Colorado, brought it to his friend who owned the gaming store. It belongs in a museum. Uh, the friend said, "Hey, I'm going to the Midwest Gaming Classic, which is a, com a gaming convention in the Midwest." You want to come with me and bring this with and see what people think of it? Showing up. Like and he said, sure. And people lost their shit. <laughs> yeah. But specifically, one man by the name of Ben Heckendorf, uh, <laughs> who is Great. better known by his online handle, which is just his shortened name, Ben Heck. Even better. Now, if you don't know who Ben Heck is, he is a very famous modder. Oh, if, really? If you've ever seen a picture of like somebody's like, hey, somebody turned an Xbox 360 into a laptop. Yeah. That was him. Did he, he build the thing that's a PC, a Switch, a PS4, and an Xbox One? I don't know. <laughs> he probably um, didn't. But he is a, he's a modder who like mods hardware. Like he makes portables out of everything. He made like the portable N64. If you've ever seen oh, that. Oh, I have. Yeah, he made that a GameCube one too. He I made saw. a GameCube one. He yeah. made a SNES one. All this crap. Yeah. But he met up with Terry and Dan, who had gone to this convention. And uh, Terry, he was like, do you know what you have? <laughs> and the guy was like, was like I don't know. Is it worth anything? Put a beer like, on it. They, like, yeah. uh, ben, <laughs> ben Heck has a great channel. It had a controller, too. It did. That, yeah. And it looked and like it, a, a SNES controller. It was controller. a SNES controller, yeah. but it said Sony, like, Sony PlayStation. On, yeah, on it, which is the best part. Um, and he has a channel, and on that channel is all of his videos of all of his modding projects. But specifically, there are two videos on there. One has an interview with Terry in it, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. I urge you to check that out if you're interested at all in the story. 
But um, Terry ended up... Funny if he was just super disinterested, just like... (laughs) Terry ended up lending the console to Ben, and Ben got hard at work. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely going to want a good engineer on that thing before fucking with it, like, risking um, breaking it. He did... He did a video right after he got his hands on it of him, like, tearing it apart and showing what was inside it to the point where the software modding community got involved and started making games for this thing. Right. Yeah. I do and remember that. Ben Heck got to work and started trying to get this thing to boot. Yeah. Oh, to even turn on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine if just seeing the interface on that thing would be... Yeah. Now, they got they booted it, and obviously the SNES part of it worked because it was just they just put a cartridge in it but the cd thing didn't work obviously because a there were no games for it and b it was like new unchecked technology at the time well a year later in the midwest gaming classic 2017 rolled around ben had gotten it working and he brought it back to terry working and there's a video on his channel of him showing the process of exactly how he got it working and he was able to boot those games that people had made, made for, for it, it okay. on the CD-ROM drive. He also got it to play audio CDs. Yeah. He got it to load Super Famicom games. Wow, so it wasn't like region locked. Yeah. Well, it was only oh, for Japan. Okay, it was only yeah. for Japan, sorry. Because it was the Famicom yeah. cartridges. Just imagine the... you put a PS1 disc in and it blows up. Just... Yeah. <laughs> and that, I think, is the end of that story. So he still got it, I guess? I can't find... I don't know. I think Terry I still has Googled it. And he brings. It's like, it. I wonder if is the... This, is this I it? Say, right like, the companies came after him. Yes. That is it, yeah. There's a ton of pictures of it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because they brought it around to these, like, trade shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just sitting <clears> on this fucking <clears> table. There, yeah, just like, uh-huh. <laughs> just, like, grabbing it. Yeah, it's... That's totally it, though. Why not replicate it? I mean, he already took it apart. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's that's the famous one. That's that the original remember. picture. This looks yeah. like it's in some glass here. Maybe it you is somewhere it now. now. Well, that's the thing. Like, I mean, so he didn't sell it, or maybe he couldn't. I don't know. You could. You wouldn't be able. Who would? A you, fucking museum. I like, didn't even you know the value of this. Yeah, but you. Oh were, no, it's on glass at the Portland Gaming Expo. So that wasn't. It's not a museum. He I mean, yeah, he's been bringing. You were saying it's not worth anything. There are people that would probably pay millions for that. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, but I mean, like, how do you even just determine a price it. on that? Once you do, it's kind of like... Eh, I don't You're know. I setting it, a price I for think it. it should be a, just, like, what it is. It's the relic of gaming history. It, that's what I mean, though. But, yeah. I mean, relics are also expensive. I think Terry right. accidentally got involved in the world of video game collecting, and now By he kind of, like, like, brings it around to these expos. Yeah, I think that's what I would do. Okay. He probably can make more money just doing that than selling right. it. Maybe you're know. right over time. Like, he's set for life now. But, like, yeah. if you found it and somebody offered you a crazy amount of money, you would probably offload it too i mean like i don't I maybe don't i like maybe. the idea of taking it around Me depends too. on how much if yeah but ima- imagine it gets to a point where some fucking crazy psycho breaks into your house to take it like like <laughs> then you maybe you have to be some midwest i was gonna say yokel <laughs> to, to just be part of that because nobody's ever gonna find him but he's probably just like what, people know his name yeah i don't know I haven't heard the word yokel in a while. Fine, then. Let's do it. Let's steal it. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll have our own hot button. Yeah, we'll brand hot it. Hot like, heist. <laughs> We're going to live stream us stealing the Sony PlayStation. <laughs> but sorry, the Nintendo, the Nintendo PlayStation. PlayStation. The Nintendo PlayStation. <laughs> um, uh, and that's where our story ends. <laughs> I think Terry still has it. I'm not sure. But yeah. fuck him. Rumors are out there. That he's, <laughs> he's like, good dude. Yeah, rumors out there, and there's documentation to prove it. 
that Nintendo continued. Did the either project. company comment on it? Like, I, I, I mean, it was verified that it was real, but I don't know if Nintendo or Sony was ever like, yeah, that's. I don't know. I think it's pretty it's Blade, real. Yeah. yeah. No, stink, it's real. There's no that's, stakes yeah. for them anymore to care. <clears throat> I guess not. Yeah. But um, there's rumors and documentation to back up those rumors that the Nintendo yeah. continued the project after the deal with Sony fell through. So I guess the new holy grail of video game collecting is the SNES CD-ROM drive <laughs> not made by Sony. Um, there was like a floppy disk drive for this SNES as well. Yeah. It was like some... But, you know, that Asian still country. hasn't surfaced. Maybe one day it will. <clears throat> yeah. Be cool if all this stuff comes up. I mean, it still worked out in the end, obviously, for everybody here. Mm-hmm. But I, I think preserving that stuff is real neat. So k- kudos to whoever employee uh, didn't throw that thing into a shredder and to the other employee that found it yep. years yeah. later. That, like they did later, uh, or they did verify that that kid's dad indeed worked for that company at yep. that student office under that guy. Yep, and yep, yep. So that's cool. Right. Yeah, I uh, got a bit of an outro here. Yeah, I like this. So I, I, I couldn't agree more on this. So okay, uh, Sony's place in gaming history is far past cemented. Uh, many of the most beloved games of all time would not exist if it wasn't for the PlayStation. Enemy or the Xbox episode. It's all because one executive got really mad at another one. Uh, <laughs> it's. It's crazy to think of a world where all this didn't go down and the PlayStation hadn't come out. If this Nintendo product had worked out and failed like the Sega CD and Sony decided that it was done with the games industry, Sony brought a lot to the table and one could even argue, as I did in the Xbox episode, that (laughs) Sony's success is what led Microsoft to enter the game too. Yeah. Could you imagine a gaming in a world where none of this happened? As much as I love the Switch, imagine a world where that was the only console we had available. It's like the Wolfenstein <laughs> universe of Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Um, a world where we never got things like Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil, Silent Hill, Tomb Raider, Ooh, Castlevania Hill. Symphony of the Night, Final Fantasy VII through whatever, <laughs> uh, the Persona games, oh, GTA. Yeah. Persona. And that's not even including Sony titles for the PS1 like Crash, Spyro, Twisted Metal, Parappa the Rapper, or later Sony titles like God of War, Uncharted, Last of yeah. Us, Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> mm-hmm. I could go on and on. But the PlayStation is one of the most important things to ever happen in the game industry, and I think its backstory is bonkers and certainly <laughs> one of the most interesting. Oh, well put. Sure. Also, Intelligent Cube is the best PS1 game. <laughs> I didn't even see that when I, like, I scrolled down, like, as you said it. Yeah. Oh, man. Don't fu- at me. Yeah. It, it's funny you meant uh, Silent Hill there, like, speaking of games for adult-ass adults, those, yep. are, those are some themes. But, yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's, that's, a, that's a really good retrospective. That's the uh, end of our PlayStation episode. Let me do the plugs. Yeah, I think this will go really well alongside those Sega and Microsoft Xbox mm-hmm. episodes, so... For people into the two-parter, definitely. Thanks for listening. This is your first episode. What are you doing? This part two is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen to part one. The first, for part one was a little dry. We might have to make a thing like, we were all tired when we first got here. <laughs> well, we had to loosen up. Yeah. And but it's well worth listening to. Yeah. But thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking through to the end. Like Randy said, we have, and I brought it up multiple times, we have a two-parter on the history of Sega through to the Dreamcast. It's great when you don't plan a two-parter and then we just start talking. Yeah. We have a two-parter on the Xbox 360 and one of our very first episodes, I think it's like episode six on the original Xbox. Sorry, the the Ouya is just a one... Yeah, it's so. a Ooyah episode if you're interested in that. Uh, and then All we have, the pillars. And then we have plenty more. You can check yeah. those out and more at our website, hotbuttoncast.com. 
And that website links to our social media if you want to keep up to date on what we're doing next. We have Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Hot Button Cast. We have our podcast on all the services, mm-hmm. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Can the outro song to this be uh, My Console by Eiffel 65 where he just sings about the PlayStation? Will we get in trouble? Yeah, probably. I I, well, who cares? I mean, does anybody care about Eiffel 65 anymore? They're not going to know about this. We're going to get, he, sued. We're gonna get <laughs> sued by the Blue people or whatever. <laughs> not the, not not the, the Blue, blue Man, man group. group. Another one. Yeah, he's like they like name console games for the chorus. Including Omega Boost and the X Files game. We didn't mention those earlier. Okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs>